Hello, Wadi Wachtel. Abelson, nice to see you. How are nice you? Nice to see you too. We're gonna we're gonna pretend that that didn't just happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh my God, are you are you technically savvy, Wadi? No, no. somewhat, but uh, it, it ends quickly. You know. Uh, why are you gonna ask me something technical? No, I no, I mean like does this do does this stuff elude you? Like I, you know, I, I'm used to having somebody do this stuff with me and I have to do everything on my own now, which is crazy. I've I've learned I'm I'm fairly okay with it all, but uh I panic <laughs> quickly, you know. Uh there's a, there's so much to remember about this stuff. It it, it drives you nuts. Except and, but you know, the good thing about it is that yeah. everyone suffers the same maladies, you know. This everyone has the same problems everyone's everyone's studio is always going down pro tools is always locking up i use digital performer same difference it's it's a digital nightmare and and are you are you good with that kind of stuff? i mean because you've been do, using that stuff for years so can you can you maneuver your I'm way good with it but if something goes down if something's wrong i'm not qualified to fix stuff you know and uh fortunately i know guys who are Okay, so now have you had people in your house to, all right, how I, I'm COVID crazy. And I have a group of people that would follow my show that are called the COVID crazies. How COVID crazy are you and your wife? Like, what, what, what are you doing during this period? We're doing as little as possible. I mean, my wife is very, very frightened about it. And so am I. And uh, I mean, I haven't seen the band since we did that last show. We see each other weekly on Zoom, but uh, we haven't been able to get together to write. It's just too frightening. And nowadays, the numbers that are registering every day, it's more, it's scarier every day. So no, we don't do anything. My wife, I, usually I was going to the market a couple of times a week and now I'm going like once a week, you know, that's it. And do you, do you feel like, I haven't been to a market since March. It's crazy. I have everything Instacarted and everything, really. Right. But do you feel safe when you go to the market? Do you feel okay? I'm careful. Yeah, I feel okay. And I usually wear my gloves and the mask and, uh, and the market you haven't, if you haven't been, they've got it very laid out. I mean, there are these stickers all over the floors for the six foot spacing. Right. And, uh, everyone's plasticed out. Uh, they, they're trying really hard in all these places like the, you know, CVS or, or, you know, the, the markets, they're, they're, everyone's doing their best to keep it as safe as possible. I will say that, but it's frightening, you know. So, so, <laughs> so if you run into somebody who's not masked, oh. how do you handle the, the non-maskers? Put a fucking mask on. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Get away from me, you know. But even people with a mask, they come near and say, back up. <laughs> I know. Back off. I know. You know. Come on, it's ridiculous. I was at the park today, and even at the park, I'm. I don't feel. I'm still like making sure nobody gets. If you, they're walking their dog and they get anywhere near, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the evil eye. Yeah, yeah, it's very scary. It's, it's frightening. And like I said, the numbers are just climbing and climbing because half the country doesn't care, and um, that's not helping the other half. And everyone's got to care, or it's never gonna. It's never gonna stop. It that will never go away unless fucking people stop doing what they're doing. I know. And how many people are flying today? My my daughter. I could, oh my I could, god, that was shocking, wasn't it? To see that after after the week long, everybody saying don't go fly, and then you see these pictures of the airports, three million people. It's insane. It's insane. So so. How do you feel about the vaccine? Are you somebody? Are you somebody that would get in line to take it? Are you cynical? What? what? I'm waiting. I will yeah. wait. I mean, you know, once uh, the new administration takes over, there'll be people all whose word I trust. Right now, forget it. You know, anything coming out of that fucking lying sack of shit? No, not a fucking sound. I won't go near any a needle from anybody. I know. And they're yeah. saying that like the people who took it are getting like really sick for like 24 to 48 hours. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, terrific. That's wonderful. And they said that it doesn't, it won't prevent you. Did you hear that? It won't prevent you from getting it, by the way. Wait, it'll what? Just, it'll just reduce the uh, sickness. Yeah, that's what I heard oh, today. Come on. Yeah, it won't prevent it. 
So we're not ready yet. This is going to go on for a long time. I did not hear that. I thought I, I, thought... I just heard it today. I was like, whoa, no, you got to be kidding me. So what's the point? I hope I, I heard, maybe I heard it wrong. I hope I heard it wrong, but uh, I hope you heard it wrong. I, yeah. I I think it's supposed to prevent it, but I I unless something new came out today, I didn't I didn't watch because my TV is down. I'm not going to have electricity tomorrow. You might not either, right? Right? Because we're in the well, we got we got a lot of winds, serious winds coming here. So yeah, uh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be really good. Everybody's Thanksgiving. I'm telling my son about. It. He goes. They're just kidding. They wouldn't do that on Thanksgiving. I said, it has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. If it's yeah, not- You gotta ask yourself, who's they exactly, you know? <laughs> they are, they're kidding. Yeah, they. So what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Are you doing the low key, just the two of you Thanksgiving? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we're staying here. I mean, our my wife has a beautiful daughter and we have a great granddaughter and her husband and they live in Ventura, but uh, we're not, you know, we're not gonna see them this year. And my brother and his son uh, are in Hollywood, and they're not. We're not going to see them either. You know, we're just going to be the tourists. Do you do Zoom thing? Do you do you do the Zoom family thing? I do a Zoom bit, yeah, a little bit. You know, but it's too frightening. It's insane. This it's, is like we lived our whole lives to get here. You know, and to have fucking Trump, you know, rape us all, and you know, just to kill us all. This is uh, his goal. Today he started the pardons. The pardons have begun. Oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So uh, and, and and so, do you think he's going to pardon himself? There's been some uh, conversation. I don't, you're, I don't think you. I don't care. You know, I, let's not. As a matter of fact, let's not All talk right, about this. I already. I've probably already offended some people by saying what I've said. So uh, All right, we we won't win out. No. Well, I just want to say this. Yes. That guy, he could have been a hero. He could have done the right fucking thing. He could have been a hero and he blew it again. And he will always be Donald Trump. That's it. I'm done. All right. We're done. We're done with we're done with him. Done with we're, him. We're over him. So, yeah. so Wadi, I imagine when this all started, you had a shit ton of work lined up that that had to get yeah. canceled and stuff. Yeah, so, we- wait, so I, I know you've done some stuff with the immediate family, which we're going to talk about the immediate family, but how was it for you to get back in the stu- to go into the studio with those guys? How did you feel about that? To to, to perform to, I mean, not the studio, but you did you did a con you did a couple concerts. Oh yeah, to do it without an audience, you mean? Well, well to, first of all, you were scared. Were you anxious about being in the room with the guys? Well, we had, we got we were all clean, so we and we had rehearsed together in a very safe little studio, so we were cool. But then you're walking into a, a room with strangers. Right. And uh, it's scary, you know, everyone was masked, but a couple of people also, we saw a guy without a mask on and said, hey, get him out of here. Um, we were scared about it. And what we played fine, but you know, it's, it's wild. You finish a song and it's dead silence. Uh, it was a great, they were great concerts. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that has to be, that has to be unnerving to, uh, yeah, a little, a little weird, a little weird. So, so you totally trust because each of you is living uh, sort of, you're in each other's bubbles. So you feel safe to do that. Well, we, yeah, we all knew we were all clean. So we were fine. And, and like I said, the place we rehearsed in was sanitized beyond belief. So it was safe. And we were actually, you know, we could take our masks off and, you know, laugh, and, you know, play and sing and have a good time. But then when we went and we're surrounded by crew, we don't know. Right. Uh, and we brought our own microphones, we brought our own cables. Oh, wow. Sure. You know, but it's still, it's very scary. You know, and everybody was really respectful. We did two, two different ones. And right. uh, both times people really towed the mark. But even with that going on, you know, you look at them and you see people you don't know. And that's So did, did having it, that experience of being able to play together again, did it, did it, it, didn't it feel like a little normal for like a few, didn't it, didn't Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. Especially when we were rehearsing, that was just like being in a rehearsal and uh, shooting the shit and uh, with Vicky Mm -hmm. and um, having a ball, just doing what we do in a small enclosed room, rehearsing, going over the tunes, you know, so yeah, it was great. It felt totally normal, that did. 
how how have you been adjusting to not doing that to to being alone in your house with your wife for 10 months how, are you emotionally fit i mean is this where taking its toll on you or are you handling it well are you good alone how do how's it work yeah i think you know, i'm pretty good alone and annie's been great with me uh I wouldn't want to be saddled with me for 10 months. But, uh, and it's like, it's wild, you know, our, my life has, my whole life has been on the road or in the studio and then be home, get to be home and be, cherish my time at home. So now I cherish my time at home, but it's like, I'm home, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out for four weeks or six weeks or even a week or I'm not going out for nine hours at a, at a time, you know, I'm, I'm here. So what is what does a day look like? Have you been productive during this time? Are you what's yeah, yeah. A, what's yeah. a day like for you? Well, I'm set up here to do overdubs for people anyway, so so that's cool. And and we have done like some of the songs uh, that we've done. We did them remotely, you know. We uh, right. The next single we're putting out, I'm not even going to tell you the name of it, but that one we did completely remotely. And we've done our videos. That's how we've done the videos. Everyone's shooting their own stuff. Right. House, and we have a great editor. And he we send we all we send all the stuff to him and he puts it together. But that's how we've been doing it. And, and I've been down here in my studio. You know, I would be down here in the studio anyway. So right. that part is semi-normal, except I don't get to not be down here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, usually I'm, my my time is split between going to a studio somewhere, playing in, uh, either overdubbing for someone or playing on ensemble with these guys mm -hmm. or other guys, and you know all the guys in town that I haven't seen in months and months. But then come back and work here doing guitar overdubs for people, or writing film score, or writing songs. So I'm I'm always down here anyway. But now I'm just down here. And are are you uh? Are you right? Are you right? Is this conducive to writing? Because I'm a writer. I wrote a book and I have not been writing. I've been doing a lot of live stuff, but I have found that I have not had the focus to write. Are you writing? I No, I totally, uh, I, I, just recently, and I think it's because we see a clearing at the end of this four-year horror show that I was able to write the last few days, just the last few days. And uh, I've been a little prolific these last couple of days, but it's been a complete roadblock, totally. Uh, I didn't even want to. I couldn't think of one thing to say that wasn't negative. Yeah. And, um, and right at the beginning of this, I wrote this, this song that, well, we haven't done, I don't know if we'll do it or not, but it's, I wanted to write like a, a kind of a Holly's kind of song, nice. like bus stop, it's shaped it like bus stop kind of, you know, with harmonies and stuff, minor. and and, and then it started to get very pointed in the lyric about uh, a certain uh, resident, we'll call him. <laughs> and so that tune became a little, uh, little too coarse to want to follow up. And that, but that was at the beginning. I mean, that was like when we were in February. Right. So, and between then and now, it's just haven't, haven't been able to write, haven't had a clear thought in my head Musically, I'll come down here and play and play and play a little bit, but I haven't really been a prolific period. But now, now it's like, it's different. That's really lovely. Starting to be. Do you think it's because, do you think it's because there's a vaccine and so maybe, and because there's a new, there's a new. Yeah, I don't think it's the vaccine. I think it's the fact that these four years of this are coming to an end mm -hmm. and we'll have, for an example, yesterday, uh, when I heard Joe Biden talking, yeah, he started to talk, and he he used a, like a a three or four a four syllable word, and a three syllable word, and I fell apart because we haven't heard anybody use whole sentences in four years. I fell apart, literally. I was crying my eyes out. I was like, but tears of joy, you know, and listen, oh my God, real sentences, people that they know how to talk to you, you know? We've been, you get the shit end of the stick for four years here. Um, 
Wow, that's that's just, I, I was wondering where you were going. I thought maybe he said a word in relationship to the other guy. I didn't know where. Oh, you... No, no, no. It strictly was just the realization that, my God, we got people professionals again. Yeah. Not amateurs. People have no idea what they're doing. Put in these positions of power. Yeah. Come on, we've been fucked over. And uh, but that realization, I was, <laughs> I told my wife the other day. I said, I. You know, for months and years, I've been crying or yelling at the TV, screaming at the TV. And now I'm, I see something positive and I fall apart. I'm <laughs> just crying. I can't believe it's actually going to happen. You know, we're getting out of this hole. If it, it actually feels fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost euphoric. It really it's is. Something Yesterday. that we've taken for granted before. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, watching uh, the news channel, news people, they're all smiling. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't smiled in four years. It's true. It is true. It is true. And, 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 it, and the mood is lightening and it, there's a lot to be grateful for that this Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's and there's still hell to pay. We're gonna go through a nightmare here, but it's gonna end. It's going to end. It's and good. we got a lot, of, a lot of shit to work out after that ends, but that part is ending and that's seriously great pretty for wonderful the world, for the world were you um were you political when you were like young when you because I, I grew up in the 60s i was marching on washington and doing all of that stuff and being an activist and a hippie and all of that was, yeah. was that part of your life when you were young no no never. And i just said to somebody the other day on the phone yeah I said, this is it's so sick it's so out of hand that we don't even want to be talking about it. But my friend and I, that's all we're talking about. Right. This, this stuff, I never dealt with this stuff, ever. Never had to, never had to think about it. Even when Reagan was in office and it was, you know, that was a whole nightmare, but it didn't touch me. I was able to do what I did. So wait a minute, you didn't, you weren't in the lottery. You didn't get drafted. You didn't have any of that stuff going on. Well, I uh, escaped, <laughs> you know, uh, fortunately, I, I uh, timing wise beat it. And um, I had to take a physical in New York and I, I fortunately didn't pass that physical. And um, then I moved to California and New York was still looking for me. But I said, hey, sorry, I'm not there anymore. So uh, it's over. And then they killed the draft after that. But no, it was it was tense times. But even even that, you know, that was existing, but we didn't think about it every day. You know, you didn't deal with it every day. This has been, you know, you wake up. I've been telling people, you know, in two months now, you're gonna wake up and not have to think about him. I, I can't even imagine. I can't yeah. even imagine what that'll feel like. Yeah. It, this has been the most stressful. I mean, and have you, okay, so have you been healthy through this period? I don't mean COVID healthy, but I mean in general. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we both have, and 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 everyone in the band has too. We've all been okay. But I want to do a shout out to Steve Postel because my girlfriend Steve, uh, who's recovering from surgery, and sending you lots of love and and miracles. And uh, yeah, hurry up and get better. God damn it! <laughs> not, that, not that we have anything to do. So is is uh, Danny Tedesco still working on the documentary for you guys? Yeah, yeah. There's a great team of guys working on uh, putting the editing this stuff together. We had a lot of great interviews done already. Right. And sadly, a lot of great interviews lined up scheduled and now they're on hold like we are. And uh, right. yeah, the, the, the film is still in progress and coming along. That's exciting. All right, so Wadi, we have, to, we have to go back because I, I don't know a lot about your history. I know some, but I do know that we, we went to the same high school, which is pretty fucking freaky right there. Which high school is that? Newtown? Newtown. Yeah. I that's know. wild. I mean, that's, that's wild. How did you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it came up in something that I was like, how, how the hell did you go to Newtown? Nobody went to Newtown. I mean, a lot of people went to Newtown, but nobody. Yeah. Okay. So, but you didn't, you didn't, you weren't born. I'm a Bronx girl originally. Where are you originally from? Queens, Jackson Heights. Uh, oh, well, Newtown land. Okay. Newtown, yeah, Elmhurst, right near Elmhurst, you know, right near Elmhurst. But so, that's where I grew up. Uh, the Corona King, uh, the Ice Corona King. Did you ever go to the, um... the Corona Ices? Yeah, Italian Ices, sure. Yeah, I, I have a shirt from there still. I mean, not still, but someone gave me a shirt recently. Uh, 
And I still, yeah, Corona, Italian Just, ice king, yeah. So you lived there when like the World's Fair was going on and stuff? By the time the World's Fair came, we lived in Forest Hills. Um, well, dad, my mom died when I was very young. And um, then my dad, so it was just my father, my brother, and myself. Wait, was your daughters. father musical? What's that? Was your father musical? Oh, no. No, nobody was musical. My mother uh, appeared in some like shows and things. Like she was a dancer, I think, and stuff. I, she died when I was six, so I didn't know too much about her. But, but she was with me um, when I saw a guitar on television, um, five years old. And I just saw this, <laughs> this black and white TV and this guy was holding this thing and it was a big band. And the, I was mesmerized. I was just like, what is that? I said to my mother, what, what is that? What's he doing? What is, what is that guy doing? What, what, is he, what is that thing? And she goes, that's a guitar. I went, guitar? Okay, that's what I want. That's what I'm gonna do. And she goes, oh, come on. yeah. yeah. She goes, you're five years old. I mean, that's what you're gonna do. I said, well, that's what I want. That's what I want, a guitar. That's what I want. Because I was always singing before that. I, you know you know how you grow up, you think everybody is the same. You know, you think everyone's, you think everyone's Jewish. Think everyone likes the same food. Everyone likes the same TV shows. But, you know, I noticed that, you know, I was always singing tunes, you know, I'd hear songs, I'd learn them, imitating Johnny Ray, imitating singers. And I noticed my brother wasn't doing that, but I was. And and then when I saw the guitar, then play music in the house. Did was there music in the house? Not really. So you know, radio. On TV mostly. TV and radio, you know, a little. Yeah, but the, it, it was so long ago. Rock and roll hadn't even started yet, you know. But there was the hit parade and stuff like that, real straight kind of songs and stuff. But I was always singing them, and and when I. Then I saw the guitar and that was it. Then I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, and I argued with my dad for like three years. And finally, at age nine, he got me a guitar and got me a teacher. And that's how it started. So, so, you, learned to, so you learned to read music right from the get-go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. ear, but my teacher, at the, even that time, when he... Uh, he, he noticed my ear was very fast. And he goes, you know, you're not reading this stuff. I said, well, I'm reading it, but once I play it through, I'm, I've learned it. So what do you want me to do? Unlearn it? I can't unlearn it. Um, wow. So, yeah. So I had asked him to look when you, you know, at the end of the lesson, why don't you record a song for me so I can learn it? We had an old, you know, reel to reel tape machine. Uh -huh. So he'd record a little, you know, jazz tune here and there, Lullaby of Birdland or whatever. I'd learn them. And, um, and then I noticed one day playing guitar, I was playing what they call a one major chord. And I moved my hand down two frets and I heard that relationship and it was tequila, that song tequila. And I heard it in my head, I went, oh my God, that's that song. So I started going, oh, I see this, how this works and started learning everything that, you know, started learning Dwayne Eddy songs and anything I could hear I'd learn on the guitar. And, and were you playing with anybody else or was this just like oh, 10 years old? <laughs> but I started, you know, I started look, seeking out guys. Um, I met a, a guy played the accordions. I tried to play with him for a while. And I was like, you know, it's, not, it's just not happening. And uh, I remember there was a, a moment where there was a talent show one time in the school and I really wanted to be in it. I was a shy, shy kid, but I wanted to be on stage. And I convinced this kid I knew to sing uh, Bye Bye Love with me. And we built him this phony guitar uh, and it looked pretty good, except when we got on stage, he, he walked a little far and the whole thing just fell apart. Um, so it was a little uh, depressing, but we got through the song anyway. So, you know, and, and I'd get in front of this, I'd sit there in the classroom and I'd just be like, oh, leave me alone, leave me alone. But then I'd go, can I sing a song for the class or something like that? And I'd go up and sing something and, I'd go back in my seat and be nervous. Wow. <laughs> How old were you when you were singing in front of the class? I don't know. Public school, you know, living around between six, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that. You That's know. pretty bold. Yeah. Uh, and so when, how did this start? And, and you already knew this is what I want to do. You knew yeah. the, 
This is what yeah. I want to And then I ran into a, a guy who I went to school with, a kid. And he said, do you play guitar, don't you? And I went, yeah. He goes, you want to be in a band? I went, ooh, that's a thought. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, he says, well, I have this band that we do weddings and bar mitzvahs. And, you know, it's a trumpet accordion again. <laughs> drums, and, and, you, and you, if you want to be in it. I went, okay. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a bass at that point. Uh, so, okay. And we got together and we played. And I never liked the accordion, but. <laughs> this guy's name was Alan Mendelssohn and we're, we're friends again now too he was the trumpet player trumpet player back then so we would do these little gigs you know you know go play a, a wedding on the weekend so like if you had to play like Havana Gil or something could you just like pick it up or did you learn this stuff like what would you do well both you know you'd we had they call them a fake book it was this huge leaf loose leaf book mm -hmm. full of all the standards you know you go page 92, you know, okay, page 92. That one. And you read the charts, you know, and stuff like that. But again, I would play something through and I'd pretty much learn, learn them. So a lot of the tunes, we'd learn them quickly. And it went like that. And then eventually uh, we got rid of the accordion player and we brought in uh, a friend of ours named Leon Salem, who was a vibe player, still no bass, but uh, vibes. So now it's vibes, guitar, trumpet and drums, you know, a, a very unusual. But we would still make, you know, make a couple bucks on the weekends, uh -huh. play a gig here and there, go into the city after it. Then we'd take the train into the city and go to the arcades, you know, go walk around the city in the middle of the night eating hot dogs and, you know, <laughs> wasting, wasting the money we just made in the arcades and go home. My father and I would be coming home at two in the morning. My father, would go, what, what's going on here? What are you doing? I said, well, yeah, I'm working, man. You know, just working. Was he okay with that? No, but... We got through it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have a question that I don't know the answer to. Um, today is actually 20 years for me that I quit smoking pot, which was my drug of choice. And I just uh, noticed that it was, what, was drugs part of your story? Was that, because you don't seem like that was ever a thing for you. No, that, well, that's all oh, that came much later, you know, but uh, yeah, we went through a lot of that. Sure. That came, uh, it was funny, I uh, wound up in a band when I was about 18. We had a rock and roll band with a bass, finally. <laughs> and, and we found out that our organ player was a, like a pot dealer. I went, what? Pot? What? You got to be kidding me. Marijuana? Are you kidding? What? Ooh, weird, weird. And then, uh -huh. so one day we all smoked a joint and went, oh, weird, weird, but I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> So that went around for a while. That lasted a while. Uh, but you're not somebody you that wasn't you never had issues in that regard. What do you mean issues? Like you're not sober. You didn't have to get sober or anything. You're like a normie. I'm yeah, a you know, I could I could stop. Yeah, I never had to have any uh, Al-Anon for pot or anything. You know. Uh, yeah. I got yeah. all I got all those things going on. <laughs> but right. you know. So. Uh, Oh, so, okay, so you're in this band. So I'm imagining your Beatles in, I mean, by this time, the yeah, Beatles. But oh, but I wanted to tell you one funny thing about the other band. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I was learning a lot of the Ventures songs. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and they had an album called The Colorful Ventures. Mm -hmm. And on it was this sound I'd never heard before. It was like this, eh, eh, this sound coming out of this guitar. What, what is that? That's amazing. What is that sound? And then one day I was, I was always cutting school too. I was always like walking around the city and eating slices and <laughs> just, you know, going to the music stores, hanging out in the music store. Manny's. What's your favorite slice in New York? Well, they're all gone now, you know, but Joe's 14th street and third Avenue Joe's. Oh, I had the Joe's on Carmine and Bleecker. Yeah. 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 Okay. The, the one at the 14th is a little better. I thought, but, but, um, I walked by Manny's one day mm -hmm. and in the window was this thing and it said Maestro Fuzz Tone and I went Fuzz Tone that's got to be that thing I heard so I got some money together and I bought it brought it home plugged it in but I had an amp I had a little, little Fender amp electric guitar plugged it in I went crazy. I loved it. It was so nasty sounding. 
and then I brought it to the to the band rehearsal and I played like two notes and they all went, you can't use that. What are you doing? You can't play through that thing. I went, why not? He said, no, man, that sounds horrible. It's terrible. I went, it's great. No, it's terrible. I went, oh, fuck. Okay. So I put it away for years and years. And then I remember right where I was on uh, Queens Boulevard, right mm -hmm. by where Alexander's was. Oh, yeah. And I was making a left turn because we lived in Forest Hills by now. Mm -hmm. And now Beatles had happened, Stones had happened. And as I was making this left turn, on came Satisfaction. And I heard that sound and I went, that's my fuzz tone. <laughs> and you can even hear, you hear, hear click it on in the, in, the, in the record. You can hear that click in the record. And I went, oh man, now I can use it. <laughs> I told Keith this too, yeah. I said, now I can use my fuzz tone. So I broke it out and used it like crazy. I actually worked in a McDonald's right by that Alexander's when we when I was in high school. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so all right, so so you're in you're you're in bands, you're doing high school, you okay, so what happened? Do, are you a good student? You say you didn't go to school a lot. So I, getting... I was more interested in uh, not going to school. I was more interested in learning tunes, walking around the city. <laughs> just gaining, gaining that kind of knowledge. I mean, I was an okay student though. I, I did, I, I was doing well while I was there. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was a good student. Did you good graduate student. from high school? Hmm? Did you graduate from high school? I went to Quintano's. You ever hear of Quintano's? No. Quintano's was what they called a school for young professionals. <laughs> Salminio went there. Wow. Patty Duke went there. Wow. And someone, turned me on to it because I was at that point I was really a truant and I was the worst truant in New York City at one point actually <laughs> uh, on record come really? yeah oh, yeah well Linda Ronstadt at one point in our band existence mm -hmm. brought in our my dear friend Rick Morata and his friend Don Grolnick who was Don has passed away mm -hmm. brilliant pianist great great piano player and when we were kids I remember the day there was a kid on the cover of the New York Times, front page of New York Times, highest IQ in the city, Don Grolnick. I didn't remember his name, but it was him. And wow. while we were getting to know each other when we were on the road for Linda, he mentioned it that one time that he, it was him, that picture. Wow. Um, and I went, wait a minute, that was you? I said, well, let me tell you something, man. While you were on the front page of the Times as the highest IQ in the city, I was on record as the worst truant in the city. Come on, there had because there had to be kids that like never went into school like ever. Really? Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go a lot. I mean, at, you know, at at one point I just stopped. My father would actually drive me there, and I'd just walk home. <laughs> he dropped me off, and I just walked back up the hill. We were far. It was far as hills at that time. Yeah, I really didn't want to have anything to do with it. So. I was just out of, out of school the whole time. Newtown too, but you know, we went from, my dad got remarried and uh, while we were in my mid-teens. Mm -hmm. And when, we, when I left Newtown, we went to Forest Hills. That's where, what you asked me, what you mentioned to me earlier, I heard, I heard some guitar playing one day while I was home, <laughs> being true. <laughs> and I went downstairs to get a soda at the little you know, liquor store on the corner. And, and I heard guitar noise coming out of an apartment in this building. I went, what? Someone's playing guitar here? Wait a minute, come on. And it was like these two buildings. We lived on uh, Austin Street in Forest Hills. One building here, this canopy in the middle and another building right here. <clears throat> that sound is coming out of another building. So I columboed my way through every floor in that building until I found the apartment where the noise was coming out of and knocked on the door and this guy answers the door, kind of a big guy. And I went, you, uh, you playing guitar in here? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I went, oh yeah? I said, well, my name is Bobby, uh, Bobby Wachtel and um, I can help you. Uh, you need help and I can help you. It was, it was Leslie. Leslie West. 
Leslie Weinstein. This is, Mike's been asking me to make sure to ask you for the Leslie Westroy. Well, I remember you mentioned that. So that's what I'm telling you. That's how we met. And Leslie and his brother Larry and my brother Jimmy and I, we became, you know, we all lived in the same building and I was always with them. Wow. And I was teaching Leslie how to play and teaching, teaching the, the guys Beatles songs. And I played drums for the, they put their band together. The Vagrants was their first band. And Oh my! And I played drums till we found a drummer for them, and uh, so we spent a lot of time together. And, you know. Wow! So. I remember the vagrants. I, I um, sure. Malcolm played in the Catskill Mountains when I was like I don't know, eleven years old or something, and they played like the Concord Hotel or some crazy. Oh, shit. Yeah, sure. Um, so you taught Leslie West to play guitar. I love the way you told him that he needed help. <laughs> oh yeah, well, he agreed. <laughs> I mean, I could see he was just starting to play, you know, I could, I could hear it. I mean, I, by then I'd been playing for, you know, eight years, nine years already, you know, I knew a lot by then. So how did you segue from wedding bands to, when did you start to write? Wait, where does Wadi come from? Bobby is not Wadi. Wadi. Yeah, well, seg segueing out of this, out of this straight uh, bar mitzvah band stuff, uh -huh. I met some guys and we put a, a band together, like a surfing band, you know, guitars. It was all guitars, a bass player and me and another guitar player. And uh, so we started doing that. And you from New York know from surfing bands? How, well, radio, like radio, you know, it was, and it was fascinating, you know, the instrumental bands. You know, again, I was a ventures freak. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden there was, not Wipeout, Wipeout was you know, a big hit, but there was Pipeline, there was all these surfing instrumental bands mm -hmm. and I was loving it. I mean, everything I was hearing, I was, I love this stuff, you know, it's great. So we were doing that. Then vocals started happening, Beach Boys came in, you know, mm -hmm. and my friend named Carl Wilkenfeld, he and I started writing songs together um, and we were prolific about it. We wrote a lot of stuff, we never got anywhere, but we worked at it. Are you a lyricist or a composer? No, I, I, I can write a lyric, but I'm a music first oh. writer, mm -hmm. usually. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a, a verse in my head and start from the lyric, which is a better way to go. I think, I don't know, it's hard to say, but it, it, seems, it's, it seems easier for me to put music to words than it is to fit words to music. Interesting. Because, you know, you've always got to, you've got to set, uh, I'm really stuck on melody. And, you know, so when I get a melody, I want it to be exact. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you're trying to fit words to, to notes and they don't want to bend, you know, so you, it makes it a little tricky, but it, it's tricky either way. And, and I, I've always thought everyone else must do it the other way, but I found out a lot of people, you know, they write music for, I found out Paul Simon, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Water, he had, you know, da, 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 you know it, it wasn't lyric first, it was notes first. Uh -huh. You know, I saw this great alt telling video about it. So, but, so that's where I started writing. And, and then right after we started that. Collaboration was big for you from the get-go, it sounds like. Oh, uh, well, yeah, this, this friend of mine and I, he said, let's write songs. And I went, I hadn't even thought of it. I mean, I, I went up and I, I wrote something on my own one day, but that was it. And then after we spent some time doing that, mm -hmm. it was funny because we had a shot at, we had a band and we were getting, we had a manager and this manager was like trying to get us somewhere. And she actually got us to a place where we, we could have taken the next step. And my friend at that point, he decided that he had to honor this promise he made to his dad and go to college instead. And I went, you gotta be kidding me, man, not now. Don't do that now. We're just about to get something going here. No, I made that promise. I said, hey man, I promised my father a lot of things, you know, but uh, not, not happening. So, so that ended there. Yeah. Uh, and then Beatles, then it was Beatle time, you know, and, 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 but we were still, we were still together as Beatles hit. Um, so it was an, that was an extraordinary time in life when all of a sudden <laughs> music was coming out of every hole and every wall. And, you know, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing Beatles or Stones or Zombies or Nashville Teens or Swinging Blue Jeans or 
you know, Freddie and the Dreamers or the, everybody. It was, well, you know, you were in New York then, you know, it was, it was exploding. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And um, I was just telling someone the other day, King Carroll Records, you remember that place? 42nd Street, 6th Avenue. Yeah, there was this record store that used to get all the English imports first. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, cut school, take the subway into the city, wait for them to get a new shipment. Oh, I'll get the new Holly's record, you know. It was funny. The band that we were in, this manager, she brought me and my friend Carl to this office to have a meeting with this publisher, Northern Songs. You've seen that on records. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a, hit, a song. We want to make a record. So he goes, he says, oh, well, here's a song. This is a record that's not going to come out here in the States. It's by this group called the Hollies. And we're, we're, we're in love with the Hollies already. You know, we're, you know, we're doing just one look. He puts on, look through any window. And he goes, and I said to this guy, I said, you think that's not coming out in the States, huh? You're crazy. That's gonna be a hit record by the time I get home tonight, probably. <laughs> I'll take the subway back to Queens and that song will be on the radio already. And it was like that week. Do you remember that little record store on 108th? I used to live on 108th and 59th. There was a little record store. Wow, this is crazy to talk to you about this. There was a little record store on 108th Street, little. And I went in there and I went in there and I said, there's this song, I just heard it on the radio. I don't know what it is. It sounds like it's traffic. It's 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 instrumentation. I love this song. I and he couldn't think of what it was, and it turned out it was "Can't You Hear Me Knocking." But it didn't sound like the Stones because it was just that. I just heard that that the musical interlude without any. Oh, the jam at the end. You mean the the, the part in the middle that that musical yeah. jam in there. Jam, anyway, yeah. you didn't know that 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 little record store on 108th no. Street. Uh. Uh-uh. 108th Street wasn't my territory. You mean in Manhattan, 108th Street? Yeah, in Forest Hills. Forest Hills. Oh, 108th and 59th. Let me see. But, but uh, right off the Long Island Expressway, but there was all those restaurants and all those little stores on 108th Street, and there was a little record store. That's where I bought all my records. Oh, wow. I know I know the area you mean, yeah. No, I, I didn't go up there, no. We were living at, we lived at 67th uh, Avenue, you know, so. We had record stores, and that's where... That's where I got educated to everything. Go in the record store, and he'd be playing everything new, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so so you you you're playing you're playing first the the surf stuff, and then the Beatles come out, and so how, what's the evolution? Are you making money as a musician? That's how you're living. We were making. Yeah, I was. I was still living at home. I mean, okay. no, I was still living at home. We weren't making any real dollars. You know, we'd do a gig here and there, mm-hmm. but we were working at it. And then I got a band. Um, when I was in, um, far, I think it was Forest Hills High. Mm-hmm. Must have been Forest Hills, or was it? Uh, no, it was Newtown. Newtown. Uh, I met my friend who became our bass player, and and I met it. We 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 sussed out this drummer who was in this other band, and he was a really good drummer. So we stole him away from the band he was in, and then and then we went up to Newport, Rhode Island. And we started playing up there and we were, we were steadily employed. We were actually making bread there, but it required <laughs> being there. So forget, you know, after a while we'd go up on the weekends and we'd drive back down Then we'd go up on the weekends and drive back down. And then I'd say, you know, dad, I'm sorry, there's a snowstorm and we can't make it back down. We can't get back to the city. So I was going to stay up here and don't worry about school and fuck it and don't worry about it. And, that went on more and more. And that's when, the, oh, so that's when that uh, school Quintanos uh, came across my path and someone <laughs> mentioned it to me. I said, well, that's the school I need. And we went there like an hour and a half a day. And um, that was it. And it's funny, the first day I went there, I met uh, the lead singer from the Shangri-Las, Mary, Mary Weiss. Uh, she was a student there and we went and played pool and I was like, wow, Mary Weiss, the Shangri-Las, this is great. Loving it. So I'd go into the city every day and, and uh, you know. So it was. I started to blow that off too. After a while, I, I started just blowing that off. We were in, in Rhode Island. I said, forget it. I'm not going down. And um, finally, I had to take this final and I passed the final somehow. I don't know how. But so I did graduate high school. Back to your original question. Yes, I did. 
<laughs> I know you. I think you met some friends of mine in Rhode Island. Um, met some people in Rhode Island, didn't you? Some musicians, a family. Oh base. yeah, yeah. This little family up there with that with that name that I'd never. Someone said, "Have you heard the Cowsills yet?" And I went, "A Cowsill? What's a Cowsill? What kind of word is that? What do you? What is that?" And they said, "It's this family." I went, "It is." Never heard that word before in my life. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I went and heard the boys. There was just the four boys, and they were fabulous. They were amazingly great. They were. were they, had they already recorded? Were they already a thing? No. Oh no. no, 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 no. That was just the four of them. So they didn't get the record deal till Mom and Susan were. No. To oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think when I first saw the cow, was Susan in it from the very beginning when they when, the park? As soon as you saw them performing, yeah, Mom and Susan were there. Okay. Or mom so, was I think Susan was there right away too. So how did you how did you meet those guys? Well, I went to the <laughs> I met them a number of ways. First of all, we went over and saw them play and thought they were great. But in the club I was playing, mm -hmm. there was this obnoxious drunk that would come in every night, almost every night, and I'd have him thrown out. I didn't know who he was. I didn't care. He had a foul mouth. He was an asshole. I had him thrown out. And finally, one night, David Ray, the owner of the bar, mm -hmm. says to me, I said, somebody said something about the Cowsills. And he goes, Wardy, you know, the, the New England accent, you know, Wardy. Uh, oh, I didn't answer how Wardy came along. But anyway, he says, you know, that guy you keep throwing out, he goes, that's the Cowsills father. I went, what? You got to be kidding me. That animal, that fucking lush is their father? He goes, yeah. Oh, that's terrible, man. That's not good. And he wanted to manage me. He wanted to manage my band. We had this pretty good rock and roll band. And I just kept saying, you're out of your mind, bud. Get away from me. Just don't even come near me. And, and he said to me, you know, my kids are going to make it. I said, well, it won't be any, you know, because of you that they make it if they do. And he, and I said, and he says, no, we're going to make it, man. I said, look, when you, if they make it, you get a million dollars together then come talk to me, okay? But otherwise, forget it. I don't want anything to do with you. you know, as I'm driving him home again, because he's too drunk to drive. He was a vicious guy, um, terrible, terrible guy. But- Are you the one getting him thrown out of the club? Oh yeah. I'd yeah. say, throw him out, get this bum out of here. Throw him. I didn't know who he was, you know? And then after he, and I knew who he was, I'd still throw him out, get him out of here. Hey, play this, play this, shut up. You know, one of those guys. So, my band, we went from Rhode Island, when finally we were up in Vermont playing at uh, the ski area. And it's kind of like the end of the world, you know, uh, in the winter, Vermont, 50 below, playing for ski bums, broken legs and everything. But uh, then we played there in summertime too, which was uh, light on the crowds, but the most gorgeous place in the world. Ski areas in summer are incredibly gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But I got a call from David Ray, the owner of the club I played in. And he goes, hey, Woody, I'm working for Bud now. I went, what, you're working for him? He goes, he's got money now, what? But really? He goes, yeah, and he still wants a manager. I went, get out of here. He goes, I'm serious. He says, he says, Bud, he put him on the phone. He goes, Waddy, we're coming up there tomorrow to see you. But really? Okay, all right, we'll be here. He, they drove up, it was a blizzard. They drove up, sat there. And there's a different, different band at this point, a little bit of a different band, a couple of, me and the bass player were the same, but we three new people in the band. He loved it. He says, still want to manage it, man. You want to go with me now? I got the million dollars. I went, yep. You got the million? I'm going with you. So uh, went down to New York and, uh-oh, uh I'm the host now. This isn't good. What do I do, I wonder? Vicky, hi everybody. Well, I think Vicky will be right back after this word from God knows who. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I wonder what to do. Wonder, wonder, wonder. I'll be back. See what we can do here. Hmm. 
wonder if I'm on the air or not. If I am, thanks for putting up with me, guys. I will be back. I'm going to call Vicky and see what's going on. Let's see what happens. Turn my phone off so it wouldn't ring. Hope you're all well. If I'm still on the air, hope you're all cool and rocking. I'll be back. Okay, that ain't working. I'm still there. I'm still on the air. Ah, there you are. There you are. Okay, that was, I don't, all of a sudden you were talking and you just froze. And then my whole, I could not get Zoom to activate again. That's what happened. You, uh, while I was talking, all of a sudden you froze here. Holy shit. That was, I was like freaking out. I actually restarted my computer because I didn't know what else to do. All right, I'm taking us live again. Okay, well, we're still on.